You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League with the round 25 finale. We're going to do it live, Q&A style on Facebook. Boys are here, Paddy's in the house. G'day Paddy, both of us, we've lost drafts, we can't even field a 17. Uh, Why are we even here? It's been a savage week for me, honestly. It's a terrible <laughs> week in fantasy. Now Jakey, I hear that your just marriage is going really well because your, your missus is in the top 600 now, so you're flying. Yeah, mate. She's made shitloads of rank the last three weeks. She's absolutely fine. I might make a, make a little bit of ground back on this. I've got 17 versus her 16, but oh, she's absolutely flogged me. But 600, <laughs> I won't complain about rank 600 after being like ranked 3,000 two or three weeks ago. She's absolutely killed it. Has she taken your name? Uh, yeah, my yeah my surname, yeah. She's taken that. I've already changed that over on Fantasy, so... <laughs> makes it look like an elite <laughs> <'cause that's> <laughs> for those that don't know. <laughs> uh, joining us for uh, his live debut on Facebook Live is the Professor. This is what the Professor looks like, Mr. Jason Robson. G'day, Robbo. Evening, everyone. I'll chuck these on to the stereotype. <laughs> Yeah, so nice little buy round for myself over in WA, and I think I must have taken my fantasy team with me because they were atrocious on the weekend, and uh, the contest against uh, Jay Warrior is not looking good. I think I'm nearly 200 points behind, which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> not amazing. So, ladies but, and gentlemen, we are doing this live, and we've got a live, our favourite man, Damo Lenahan. Oh, my God, Pat looks like looks like a postman. <laughs> Thanks, Damo. <laughs> really appreciate that. I've got postman, I hope. <laughs> Wow. And then we've got a next one. Is Bailey Ballantyne. I have a bit of a crush on Shooter. This is getting strange. See, they've got the same surname. So, who knows what's happening over in New Zealand. But big shout out to Bailey. But ladies and gentlemen who's tuning in, get some questions in. We've got plenty to chat about tonight. So, we'll have a look at our twenty around 24 results and trades. Got a few talking league awards to dish out tonight. We're going to be doing plenty of narratives. We've got captains and got plenty of the jibber that we're going to talk about. But, boys, let's go through round 24. Jakey, how did the missus team go? <laughs> uh, let me just check. Oh, oh, no, nah, too late. Uh, she got into – I think she only made 40 ranks, so she jumped from 700 to 660 last week. So uh, only just made ranks, but with a pretty good score. I uh, can't see it, though. My score wasn't too bad as well, though. Uh, 892. So I somehow made about 20 ranks. So I'm – just sitting on outside that 2,000. So, hoping this week's going to make seven ranks and I can jump into that top 2,000. So, I'm, I've got 17. Uh, not many good players, though. I've got Palacia and Pole and Tars in my 17. So, not doing too well there. But at least I'll be better than zeros. Nice. Paddy, what do you got, man? Uh, yeah, Cookie out late really hurt me. So, I got no coverage from that. It was a very painful, painful stab in the back there. Um, and I've only got 16... This week because I got no coverage <laughs> for my I got no coverage for my centers with uh, with May out so 
Anyways, it's been a, it's been an okay year for my standards, I guess, but disappointing end. More upset about my draft final. Nice. Now, Robbo, we're talking a little bit about you versus Jay Warrior. Now, how did the round go? And what's the expectations? Can you beat him? Well, I don't think so. I have to have a look at his team to see how many green dots he's got. I have got 18 coming into this week, although unfortunately two of those are Josh Jackson and Reed Marnie who have decided to go on holiday early, really. Uh, so rank is 2563, as I was saying to the guys earlier today. I'm probably going to finish with a rank that's close to a postcode I grew up in, so I guess that's um, <laughs> something exciting. Uh, unfortunately, second year in a row outside the top 1K after four years in the top 1K beforehand. Um, so... Yeah, in terms of Jay Warrior, he is exactly 178 points in front. So, who knows? Ken Murray might have a massive game. He doesn't own Ken Murray and, uh, you know, potentially one or two of his pods go down. But that's been the main difference for him. And credit to him, he's had the likes of Fafida that have gone really well the last few weeks that I don't own. And, you know, he's managed to beat me with a team value uh, 250k less. So, hats off to the big man, which I'm sure his head is absolutely massive now. No doubt. Now, the golden child of talking league myself... I absolutely had a stinker. <laughs> Couldn't even crack 800. I have fallen, ladies and gentlemen, from 210 to 381. I'm clinging to this top 500. What's a good, like, is top, top 500 still, like, considered good? Well, in my standards, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbo, like, you've been around the lot, probably, and Jakey as well, you've been around for ages. Yeah, yeah. Is it still considered the way, back in the day, I know that a lot of people playing classic bragged about top 500, but is it still worth the same amount these days? I think um, top 1,000, I think, is usually the goal for most people. Just reducing that four digits down to three is usually, like, pass or fail, I guess, Mark, for the season for most, you know, competitive people. Um, but really, anywhere in type of fo- type side, maybe top 5,000, you've done a pretty good job, but you're always wanting to get that three-figure mark, I reckon. Yeah, I think so as well. Before we keep going, like, what I love about live is people just dribble. Like, Aaron Poggy, up the Sharkies from New Zealand, TK, up, up, baby. We've got Maxie Brown, who's one of the regulars. Broncos to win the premiership. Mate, you've been hanging out with Ponga. You've been hanging out with Ponga and Man a little bit too much. We've got Anthony Payne. Hey, boys. G'day, mate. And we've got a couple other questions. Uh, James Gilbert, having no pen players in the team, absolutely handed me two head-to-head grand final with Good work, Gilbo. Very nice. Full credit to the boys and the <laughs> fantasy gods, my man. Boys, what I'm thinking now is we'll go to a few. What am I doing? I can't even. I'm just still in decline from my last week. Let's share the screen. <laughs> Let's get some. So I don't even know if I'm sharing my screen yet. Here we go. Yes. There we go. All right. Rock so, Paddy, you want to do the honours for the 2022 Rabs Warren Medal start of the year? So, nominations, Nico Hines, Cam the Mars, IPAPS, Nathan Cleary, Cam Munster, and uh, without further ado, our absolute start of the year goes to Nico Hines. Hold you tight, all through the night, I'll make love to you. Big Jimmy Gilbert, he wants to say Nico 100%, but he's just 100% right. But like, we're thinking about the start of the season, we saw him in the Indigenous All-Stars and he got paired up with Trindle. We thought there was going to be a few issues. And then he came out, he had a really good game against the Doggies and the Trolls, but no way, even me being his biggest fan, thought he was going to average close to 70 this year. Yeah, he's been huge, hasn't he? Like, he has just slipped into that role so well. And, um, 
Yeah, those fantasy points just came through. Like it was, uh, I think it was a massive plus that Moylan won that six. So Nico just did absolutely everything: goal kicking, primary, halfback, absolutely blitz it. And it helps that the Sharkies had a massive year. So yeah, Fitzgibbon coming in obviously just uplifted a lot of those Sharkies players. Yeah, Robbo, away from Nico Hines, Cam Murray. When you think about a player that's taken his game to a next level, fantasy wise, I think he ticks a lot of boxes this year, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've seen from him this year and with a lot of these middle forwards is the ability to offload can see that, you know, ceiling really get up into the 70s and 80s. And, you know, Ken Murray came into the season with a shoulder concern, which, you know, a lot of coaches, including myself, decided to go nowhere near him, you know, for round one. And he came out and absolutely set the world on fire. And you look at his scores, he's had maybe one or two below 50, one of them being orange ineffective and the other one against the Panthers who just shut him down. And yeah, look, he's going to be, you know, another player that's going to be Extremely valuable next year, but going to be very hard to fit in. Yeah, and Jake, the other three on the list, all very, very good players. IPAP playing out the whole year, but we just didn't get enough in terms of games from Cleary and Munster there, man. Yeah, exactly with the IPAP there. Everyone thought, I know last year, a lot of the times when players have that really big breakout season, they usually tend to follow up with a pretty quiet season, but IPAP just did not do that. He just kept going at the same rate. And by the end of the season, he was back playing, you know, close to 80 minutes, so averaging 60-plus. He, he was an absolute gun. But, yeah, pretty unfortunate with Nathan Cleary missing a fair chunk of the season. Um, good, great ones for next year, though. He's going to be fairly cheap um, after one of the, I think it was one he scored or something on the week almost <laughs> when he got sent off. So uh, he's going to be – I think most people are going to start with him. It's going to be a toss-up between him and Hines for captaincy option next year, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Boys, let's move on. And we've got Cashier of the Year nominations. Maxi King, Jacob Karaz, Jeremiah Nanai, Joe Offergan Howey, Edric Lee, and Chris Randall. A great list of six guys. But, Paddy, who have we given – the 2022 Cashier of the Year, too. Mate, the award goes to Maxi King. Maxi King. Mr. Virgin himself. Like, it just makes <laughs> you want to go celebrate the way he's performed this year. Like, Mate, so solid. He has been, like, a really welcome surprise. I think uh, coming off the Achilles injury that he did last year from the Storm, like, what a great purchase for the dogs. And he's just, he actually is just built for fantasy. Like, loves the work, gets stuck in, throws an offload. Like, I think he's just benefited from getting increased minutes because one of the flops of the year, TPJ, unfortunately, yeah. was in and out. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I guess with uh, with that Dogs team, uh, with a lot of their forwards, even Thompson missing a lot of time, Max King was the beneficiary and he ended up just being such a long hold. Like, how could you go wrong? Yeah. Now, Jakey, a few of your Queensland natives are on this list, mate. Talk about young Jeremiah Nanai because... He has, for his age, his development this year, when we thought at the start of the year I did pick him, but it was only because his last player I could fit in my cap. But I had no idea who who the hell he was. And look at him now. Yeah, he showed some great signs at the end of last year. Uh, more of a workhorse rather than, I guess, attacking player last year when he had those few games. So this year he just came out of blocks. Scored a few great scores to start off with. He had a 57, but then he got a 17. But they're 62, 42 to start the season. So he started making cash really early. Um, he plateaued out for a little bit there. Then back around that origin period, he started picking up again and made a little bit more money for those who held on to him. But yeah, he's been super impressive, scoring a heap of tries. Um, great cash cow. Uh, probably one to avoid next year, though. It's going to be pretty hard to keep that try scoring rate up going into next year. Yeah. Now, Robbo, there's a few others on this list. I really appreciated what Joe O brought to the table, but we all made plenty of money from Chris Randall, but the standout there, mate, Edric Lee. 
Edric Lee, yes, origin hero Edric Lee, who obviously <laughs> dominated against us in 2020. Uh, it be interesting to see how many people pick him up for the Dolphins next year. I'd expect not too many, I would like to think. He just went, and again, it shows with his outside backs and Karaz too, one or two big scores in a row. Jason Saab did it last year as well. One or two big scores, they can gain 200K in two or three weeks. You can get rid of them, and then you can actually get in a decent player for them. So, yeah, he started off relatively slow, and then obviously that massive game against the Titans really set him on his way. Nice. Let's go to the wing fullbacks now. The 2022 Matthew Ridge Medal Wing Fullback of the Year. Our nominations are Nico Hines, Teddy, Trell Mitt, Adam Dwayhe, Ruben Garrick. Now, Robbo, who is your winner? It's going to surprise absolutely everyone. It's the one, the only, Nico Hines. What did you Which, make uh, of Nico this year? Did you What did you anticipate in terms of scoring for him before the season kicked off, Robbo? So it was quite interesting with Nico Hines. He was someone who was always in my team. And again, I'm not going to proclaim I expected him to average 70 for the season. But the thing that really stood out to me was how uh, Chad Townsend went last year with... Uh, Matt Moylan next to him at the start of the season. I think Chad Townsend averaged 55 or 57 for the first seven rounds before Sean Johnson came back. And just having those kick meters and a good, strong running game, I was like, Hines is going to be relevant. And as we can see in terms of players this year, the two players that have averaged the most at wing are fullback. Nico Hines, clearly the best. But if you look at Adam Dwayne's scores when he's played the full game in the halves, he's averaged 63, which goes to show if we've got any of these plays next year, that are going to play in the halves and be a ball-dominant player. If we can get him at wing of fullback, we could be on to something. And it's probably not any shaping up at the moment. You know, potentially, Kalen Pong is looking at going to the halves, although that was a disaster in 2019 from a fantasy perspective. Mm. Uh, with the Warriors, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, Tamari Martin hasn't uh, historically been a fantastic scorer, but if he comes into that Warriors team and say they do chuck the seven on him and say, hey, steer the team around, he could be a player that you know averages well above what he's priced at stick him there in the wing of fullback for the first few rounds and, uh, you know, who knows, he could be a nice little uh, boost. But, yeah, again, those out-of-position plays and the outside backs just dominate. Yeah, Robbo, interesting that this year that wing fullback was so shallow and two guys that you just mentioned there, Nico Hines and Adam Dwayhe, they'll probably – do you think they'll lose their wing fullback status? Because Nico played one game. Adam didn't play any games at wing fullback. But in saying that, he didn't play any games at wing fullback last year. No, he didn't. I think with both of those, I'd be surprised if they kept him there because at the end of the day, it's going to make the game an awful lot more interesting because if, say, Adam Dwayne keeps it, he's going to be a must-have because he's averaged 50 this year, but 60-odd when he's played in yeah. the half. So you've got your 10 points of value there. So I reckon they will chop it from both of them. Uh, but, yeah, you know, as we've seen there, I don't really think it's surprising. I mean, I mentioned at the start of the year when I wrote an article uh, for Renegades that the winger fullbacks are going to come back to the pack. Just taking that six again out from the back half, uh, sorry, the front half of the field was just going to cut all those opportunities up. And sure enough, we looked at Turbo. He was pretty slow to start the season. And, you know, Tedesco, who's always been a great fantasy player in the fullback, he's 16 points in average behind Hines. Yeah, so... It's been a massive change. Our starting wing fullbacks for next year, Turbo... Ponga and Will Kennedy. <laughs> or or Reese Walsh. You never know. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. We'll go to the centres. And your centre nominations, the Mal Meninga medal, Joey Manu, Matty Burden, Ewan Aiken, Taylor May and Sifa Talakai. Now, Jakey, who's our winner of the centre of the year? Centre. 
Uh, Did I give I you the one? Oh, sorry. Sorry, look at me. I just give you the awards. That's right. I was scrolling through. I was going to say, I've got a nice uh, spruik about him as well. Uh, the winner for this year is Joey Manu. Uh, but Massey, it was actually a, a bit of a tight contest there between Joey Manu and Matty Burden. Yeah, we should probably explain. So I did a bit of a survey between the 10 talking leagues. So we're just not making this up on the spot. This actually has been voted on by the whole voted people. Voted on by us. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so after a bit of an indifferent start to the year with some yo-yo scores, Manu just really delivered from round 12. Now, I've got a bit of a long uh, spiel here, but it was ever since he moved to fullback and played those few games at 5'8", he really got a bit of a maverick role where he was allowed to pop up wherever he wanted. They kind of trolled that last year a little bit, but this year, um, after round 15, was where he really kind of exploded, was really consistent. He had his lowest score of 40 uh, with a high of 103. He's one of the few people who actually turned up this year. Uh, and he had an average of 62 from round 15 onwards. So absolutely massive. Um, I do just want to shout out to, to Burden as well, who was a very close second, but I think uh, he was just a victim of that Bulldogs yo-yo and a bit of recency bias. He's uh, been a bit off the boil compared to Manu, who has been flying. Burden killed my draft team. He has just absolutely killed my draft team. All right, let's move on. Half of the year, the Brave and Asta 2022 medal, half of the year. Nominations. Nathan Cleary. Daly Cherry, Evans, Cam Munster, Dylan Brown, and Mitch Moses. Now, Jakey, this is your actual part here. And who have we got of our 2022 Brayton Astor medal? Oh, this was a hard one, but it was a tie. Cam Munster and Dylan Brown yeah, joined I together. Like both on three votes between the each. Uh, this was a bit of a separated one, but I think, I think what everyone was thinking about was... Dylan Brown's probably been a bit more of a su- uh, surprise packer this year. was really good over that origin period, not playing origin, and he's averaged over 50 for the season, looked really solid, and he's he hasn't had that really low floor this year. A lot of his games have been somewhere between 40 and 60, well, either 40 or 60, but he's kept that average above 52. And Cam Munster, he's just been brilliant this year, what averaging over six, that 60 mark. He's had a, a shocker last week, but apart from that, he's been really solid all year. Um, taking a lot more of that pressure um, off the spine, trying to take a lot more responsibility. And you've seen that with Hughes. Hughes has done a lot less this year. Munster's sort of stepped up to the plate. So great season from him. Uh, a few of those other players too as well. Cleary was probably up there for a lot of that season, but obviously that injury hurt him. And Cherry Evans was up there as well. But I guess over that last month, Manly's fallen off an absolute cliff and he's gone downhill as well. So yeah, well, well deserved. Dylan Brown with the surprise one though. Yeah, deal bags, but... Jake, do you feel that as the young elite players coming through the grade, I think that he improved the most, and I think he's going to just keep improving into next year. Over the last couple of weeks at Para, it was a bit, a lot more balanced in terms of their attack and kicking between him and Moses, and I like it. I think Parramatta play a lot better. Yeah, he, and it, just from that eye test too, he, he plays really calmly, like... He doesn't make many errors, he, and every time he runs to the line, he's always got Lane running off him, so he's built a really good combination there. His defense is brilliant. Like, you watch him. He is one of the best defensive halves in the game. And a little sneaky thing for next year as well, not, not on that topic yet, but mm. he's not going to be playing Origin next year. And with all these buyers coming around, I think he's going to be almost a sneaky option to start with, someone who's going to play all year, be very consistent, and not miss many games for you. There you go, Jakey. You've already given us tips Con- for the next year. year well. I love it. <laughs> Con- contract contract year. For the both of them. 
And uh, Mitchie Moses. All right, another one of our favourites. <laughs> 2022 Robbie Farrah medal, Hooker of the Year. Nominations. Damien Cook, Harry Grant, Reese Robson and Appy Coruscant. Now, I think I'm going to get this right. Paddy, what do we got? It is me. So, the winner for the uh, Robbie Farrah medal is Damien Cook. Wow. So, now, Cookie has probably been the most consistent and best hooker in fantasy since uh, 2018 when Seabold started giving him that 80-minute roll. Uh, and he's just never really looked back. So even this year where at the start of the year a lot of people were tossing up, do we go with Cook? Do we start with a red dot in Harry Grant? I know you were really hard on uh, on Cookie. And what a great call. I mean, even though he started expensive, he still made an extra 100K. Um, but I didn't pick him. You didn't? <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, to be fair. But My advice in round one... I completely didn't even follow my own advice. It. Oh, mate. Well, that's <laughs> devastating because he only, he only missed one game all year from a resting from, from Origin. So he just played every game. Obviously, now he's got COVID, so there's a bit of a, bit of a letdown for rounds 24 and 25. <laughs> but his lowest score of the year was 48, and there was a lot of 60s, 70s, and 80s in that yep. this year. So he was just an absolute gun. I like it. Now, let's move on to the edge. So the edge is... The Paul and Curtis Sirian medal. The Edge of the Year. Nominations. Isaiah Papali, Angus Crichton, Ryan Madison, David Fafita, Sean Lane, and Hudson Young. Now, Robbo, who have we got as our Zero medal Edge of the Year? We have got the one, the only, Isaiah Papali'i, or as Andy calls him, Ice Papsicles. <laughs> Winning 70% of the vote. There you go. He's absolutely had a ripper of a season. How do you think he's going to go at the Tigers next year, man? It's a great question. It was funny because I stayed away from him at the start of the season purely because of that he's off to the Tigers next year. Is he going to start well or not? And obviously, I was completely wrong in that because he started like a house on fire. And that's, I think, why everyone, well, I say everyone, but you know, majority of us here at Talking League voted for him as the edge of the year because he was so good at the start of the season. He got His price got out of hand very, very quickly. He ended up the same price as Payne Haas before Payne Haas ended up you know, getting his shoulder hurt and you know, deciding to step on, um, you know, having his shoes stepped on and, and getting banned for a game. So I think he'll be up there. But the, tr- the trouble is he's going to be at peak price. So you probably want to wait and see as to how he goes. But I think it's going to be really interesting with him next year and something that we'll talk about you know, later on is he should keep his dual position. He has played plenty of time in the middle, regardless of whether he started in the middle or you know moved into the middle off the edge. He should keep his dual position. He's obviously a New Zealand international. So again, like Dylan Brown, he's probably going to be there every round and he's played 23 games this year. Plays this week, he's played 24. He's played every single game. So he will be tempting, but again, it's the Tigers. So uh, yeah, do you really want to go with him? <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up with the mid one of our fan favourites, <clears throat> excuse me, 2022 Blocker Roach Medal for mid of the year. The nominations, Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, Payne Haas, David Clemmer, Joseph Tarpany, Joe Offie and Goway, and uh, Ruben Cotter and Jakey. Who we got, my man? We got Cam Murray. This was a pretty simple one. He's been absolutely brilliant this year. He's... Um, Minutes have gone up a tad from last year, and he's just been so much more involved. Um, has has a great season, playing around that seventy minute mark this year. Uh, by far the best yeah, mid option. Um, sneak one there. There was a couple of votes 
one vote in there for Isaiah Yo, and he was a he was great this year. I reckon he's um I've had him from almost the start. He's sort of held my season together. Um, everyone's sort of forgotten about him because he was a I guess an Origin player, but he's ticked away, kept the scoring up. And same with Offengau. Here's another surprise packet. You know, making a shitload of money, um, and he's just gone from being an absolute pee heart to a player to like an absolute gun. I, I don't know how, because when he got picked for Queensland, he was an absolute pee heart. But uh, <laughs> now he's not getting picked for Queensland and he's the, playing the best footy he's ever played. So big up props to him. I'd be keen to almost get him again next year as well, because the Tigers are still going to be pretty bad, I reckon. Well, I, had that, I had that narrative that he swapped bodies with yeah. Stefano. He oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the reverse Dan Gagai, yeah. where he's an absolute... <laughs> Lying for his club instead of his state. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go to a few of your questions because a few of them are coming in. But yeah, if you're tuning in right now, send anything you want. <laughs> Adam Finlay, boys, he wants to know Aiken or Lomax for the second centre spot. Paddy, who are you thinking? I'd go with Aiken. Um, I just think that he's got a bit of form for the year. I know that he's been in and out of that team but it is his last last game for for the warriors so i think he's going to have a crack and mate the warriors have been killing it when they're playing at home so this is their last game at mount mount smart for the year so i reckon he's probably in for a try as well they'll probably just go bananas yeah better question for jakey i know that you love your mixer who's a better center aiken or Sergis? <laughs> oh, uh, i'll be going uh i'll probably go i'd I've been going, um, what's the other? Elizabeth Kelly. She's the other one. She's I wouldn't go either of them. Absolutely. So, is one of those positions where women are doing pretty well because they get a lot of attacking stats out there compared to the men. So, I'd be going someone different. I'd be going Kelly. Nice. Now, Robbo, Adam's question, will you be going the conservative vacant or are you just going to go for broke with Lomax? I think you've got to have a bit of fun with it. I mean, I know the Titans are 0-11 away from home, so the Warriors have probably put 50 on them, but... The Broncos could easily capitulate. Zach Lomax gets eight, eight or nine kicks at goal. There's, you know, 18 points there. Maybe gets a trial too. Yeah, I reckon Zach Lomax, he could easily, you know, go 60 plus. So have a bit of fun with it, I reckon, Adam. Yeah, I'm going to back you there. No use going, Aiken. Go the Lomax. Go for broke. I like what Robbo's saying there. Now, let's go a couple more. Jordan Gibbons is one of the regulars. Good day, Jordan. His best trade for Cook Boys. Interesting question. He does have Granite at nine, so he could go for anyone. Let's go around the table and give him one trade. I got this question before from Tony Martin, and I said I would go AJ Brimson in the form that he's in and against the draw that he's got. It just seems that he's just a flat-track bully himself and just scoring tries left, right, and centre. Paddy? Uh, I said another Titans player. I actually reckon Tino. So 0% owned, and his last two scores playing against weak opposition, no disrespect to the Warriors, but mm. a 75, and, <laughs> 75 and 77. So he's having a strong end, just had a baby, so maybe he's wanting wanting to put in a bit extra, but why not? He's and he cut his hair too. He cut his good. hair, he does. It looks so much better. So maybe it's that ponytail. It's the reverse Samson. Yeah, Cutting the so hair's made stronger. Jakey, what's your thoughts? Who would you go? Yeah, I'm with Paddy as well. I'm on the Titans train. Uh, depending how his finger pulls up with David Feeder, but I'd be going David Feeder. He got 
three tries in three weeks. He was he scored an 83, then a 71. And then last week he was going at point per minute. He was 46 from 47 until he did that finger. I thought he got hooked, but yeah, uh, it was actually a finger. So if it's his finger's all good to go, I'd be going to have a feeder against the Warriors' edge defence. He's probably not going to be too good. Nice. Now, Rob, are you sticking on the Titans train and getting Ash Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's at the Warriors now, I think. He did retire during the season because I think that happened my first show. Um, he did retire. Uh, I'm going to say go for a bit of uh, bit of fun. Last game of the season and grab Hudson Young. He could easily just have an absolute party out there, grab a hat-trick, maybe take the goal-kicking off Jamal Fogarty. Who knows? I, I would go with him. I like Hudson. Now, speaking of Canberra players, Chris Walker. I wonder if that's the actual Chris Walker. <laughs> now, he wants to know, he wants to use Jack Wyden last trade. And I tell you what, boys, if my my draft team's got Jack Wyden and me and my mate who run that team, we debated if we made the grand final. We lost by 19. But <laughs> if we made it, would we captain Wyden against the Raiders? And I said, yeah, I think he's in really good form. He would actually, he was going a point a minute into the into the half-time break last week, and then he did nothing in the second half. Absolutely nothing to kill me. But I actually don't mind it because I know – did you guys notice that when Jack Wyden's on, he's got this little skip in his step? It just, it's stupid too. Like, he doesn't have – when he's playing bad, he doesn't have no skip. No. But when he's playing good, he's got this skip. The confident skip. Would you trade him? Ooh. Uh, like, he, he's in some good form. Like, I think it's – as you that skip is just – Online with him def- spotting that defensive line retreating. So last week he just spotted Cherry Evans and just had an absolute party. So this exact same thing could happen. Who's going to be marking up? Is it going to be Dewey or, or Madden this week? Oh, he'll be on Dewey. On Dewey. Well, Dewey plays the right, doesn't? He? Yeah, Dewey does play the right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, plays right. Well, I mean, regardless, he's going to have some very inexperienced <laughs> edge players outside of him. So he could have an absolute field day. I don't mind it. Like, yeah. Honestly, I actually don't mind it. And just roll his ice, baby. This is round 25. Exactly. Jakey, now we talk about, you know, the percentage of owners around, you know, top 100, top 1,000, top 5,000. I don't think anyone in the top 160,000 has got widened. He's, he's the biggest <laughs> pop player in the history of the game. Yeah, well, let me have a quick look there so on footystatistics.com, see what his ownership is. Yeah, 0% top, th- uh, top 100, 0.7% top 1,000. I've got a little sneaky one for you, though. I've had him the last few weeks, and it might be a little bit of bias, but Scotty Drinkwater, he's hasn't been he's had that base of around that forty over the last few weeks. He hasn't been too bad, but this week he comes up against Penrith reserve grade. So, if you like a shout, he's around the same similar sort of price to Watton. So even have a sneaky look at him, and he's winger fullback as well, so you can chuck him into winger fullback if you if you're light on there. So that's my tip for a week. Hey, Jakey, what what will happen is if Penrith beat you this week? <laughs> uh, I probably won't be booking grand final tickets anymore, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Now Robbo before we move on Your thoughts Jackie Wyden with the last track Yeah well, I've got no issue with that If you want another player in that position Obviously you've got Drinkwater You're someone who I also own Ben Hunt in the mid 500s He'll have an axe to grind against his former side However if you can use positional flexibility In that same price bracket You've got Jeremiah Nanai you know, there's a chance he scores a hat-trick and gets another 90, potentially. The only thing also, just a bit of an asterisk on Wyden, is if the Broncos lose, then the Raiders don't necessarily, like, they get nothing to gain, right? Do you reckon they potentially... <laughs> rest players? Yeah, do you reckon they might rest? They've been walking <laughs> that tightrope for, tarpany, for, for play. ages, You're right? You're probably right. Like, there's, there's been so much pressure on them to make the eight, and now it's actually... 
it is in their control because they need to win. But if the Broncos lose, they, they're in. They're locked. Mate, if Ricky rests, I'm deleting out. <laughs> like, that would be so <laughs> left of field for that to happen. But it is a possibility. I don't like this guy. Now, let's move on. Bo. Oh, Bo's got a really good one. I was thinking that. I didn't say it. If you go for Lomax, there's only two outcomes, a low or a max. <laughs> He's actually got a point. There is no middle ground with yeah, old so true. Lomax. So... Let's go to an actual great question here from Aaron Poggy. So, I'm ahead by 206 in my cash overall league to second place, boys. I've cover for May. Should I trade Marnie, who we both have for a pod, or just trade May to a 355K? I only have 4K in the bank. Professor, I know you're looking at this eagerly. What do we thought? Looks like he's got one trade left, so he can either get out Marnie or he can get out May. So with those numbers, is that meant to be five thirty three instead of three five five? Because uh-huh. if he's trading May out, I'm assuming how much is May? May is five twenty nine. So I'm assuming he's got four four K in the bank. Oh yeah, he did. Just made a little correction. Five thirty three. Yep. All good. So I've got a couple of options here for you, Aaron, because this is a question we did get before the show. So the first one that I would um, throw out there: if you need a centre, go Talakai, because I think we've got another question on on him, but. Paddy will probably know from round four when the Knights uh, rocked up to that dump they call Shark Park. 75 points for Talakai. <laughs> Gagai just had an absolute mare. Um, but if you're going for 533, there's actually a player priced exactly at 533 who I like the look of, and that's Corey Horsbury. He got 55 minutes last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot more this week, especially if the Broncos don't go out and win against the Dragons. So if you want to go exactly 533, I think it's fate. Corey Horsbury could pull out a 60 if he gets, you know, a few offloads out. Nice. Jakey, any thoughts? Yeah, it depends what is – what's his cover for May? Because I guess you toss up – how many – if you're upgrading Marnie to someone around the same price, how many points more is that player trading Marnie to going to score more than, you know, May to someone else? Uh, who So, May to his cover. So, if you can get Marnie – so, who's around Marnie's price? Marnie's about – after his drop off, what's he even priced? Why is that five ninety two? Five ninety two. So if you think if if you think Reed Marnie's gonna, you know, not score or well, keep scoring twenties, you can trade him to like a Scott Drinkwater, who we said before, uh, Jack White, or somewhere around that six hundred k mark, five eighty mark. And if you reckon that point difference is more, Aiken as you cover. Okay, done. I'd be absolutely doing that because Aiken's great cover for that centre position. So I'd be using, I'd be, I'd be giving money a go. Yeah, money. I agree with that, boys. Let's move on. What we'll do, we'll get a little bit more light-hearted. We've got a, some great questions. Robbo's got an absolute essay to write on to 2023 fantasy. So we'll <laughs> we'll hold that to the end. So if you're listening right now, stay tuned. Robbo's got some absolute scintillating insights to share tonight. But I'm just going to share my screen again. We're going to bring in some narratives. Paddy, why don't you take it away with a few narratives here, mate? All right. Luke Miley. Broncos just beat the Dragons, leaving their finals chances in the hands of Canberra. Tigers get off to a great start as they did last round, but the Raiders score in the last minute to level the game. The game goes to extra time, and as a homage to Benny Hunt, the Tigers <laughs> drop it off the kickoff, leading to a Fogarty field goal and thousands of tears flowing into the Brisbane River. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to the next one. The 
cricket <laughs> memes. Now, NRL fantasy glitches out and allows me to participate in the grand finals for both my comps after scoring a terrible 890 last week. It's a lot better than me, mate. I make an insane <laughs> comeback and score 1,200 and beat those who laughed at me in the Bronx at the same time and get a loan agreement for the entire Penrith squad for the remainder of the season. They go undefeated, <laughs> winning the grand final, allowing me to win the TAB long-term multi. It's a win-win. Another man that's been <laughs> hanging out with Ponga and Man too long. <laughs> Next one is from our main man, Joey Ouchin. What do we got here, Paddy? Roosters win 70-0 against South. Drew Hutchinson scores a hat-trick <laughs> and 110 fantasy points at centre. Jeez. Jesus, this to- this toilet cubicle must be unlimited with some of these gibberish tonight. <laughs> now, to finish off, Shane Reid with a nice message here. <laughs> the bunker to make a correct ruling. That's probably the most <laughs> unlikely of all the narratives. Yeah, that's not even a narrative. That's just cheese. That's just a pipe. That's, all just, right, a, let's, that's just a pipe dream. Let's keep moving on. Brennan Vickery. Jesse Raymond for an 80. Tiki scores only 700. If Ily scores... <laughs> if Raymond scores 80 and I score 700, my captain must be going two. Uh, Jesus. Man. Dale Mackey, last round wins. Mackay, mate. Mackay. Mackay. Sorry, mate. Jeez, I'm getting these names wrong. Which ones are all you? <laughs> last round wins. <laughs> last there round wins. Morgan Jones here. Edric Lee for a, for a five try 26. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Morgan. Last Ted, time he scored five tries, he got 89. Give Ted Grant, Mboy for double digits. <laughs> <laughs> Our man Richard McKernan Chris Lewis named 18th man And Munster knocked out By a legal headshot In the second Scores uh, Chris Lewis scores 73 Playing 6 Another man that's been Hanging out with Ponga <laughs> <laughs> Alright let's keep going What we got here Paddy Glenn Pickles Tom Burgess catches COVID South proceed To sign us Puller on a one match <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you could do worse. Mate, you could do worse. That kid's got some fun. And uh, Shane Reed, Nana Roll Ford, uses Captain's Challenge correctly. And then finish us off with Jordan Graham here. Jordan Graham, Nass and Jared Wera Hargraves to both be put on report three more times each and be shared Dalian winner of minor offences without finishing the game. <laughs> Actually, Aaron Poggy's back. He's got 10 players who've all been rested or attend a barbecue to celebrate minor premiership and all catch COVID. Pedro his straight sets. I like that. Oh, uh, Azza. I like that. Have you got any more narratives? Any more narratives, boys and girls? I know you plenty of you are watching out there. So rip them in while we continue to go through a few more questions. Robbo's just waiting for the final questions to come up. Let's just see where they are. Here we go. Let's bring these up. We've got plenty more to talk about. A little bit about captaincy. Why don't we go to Brody Kennedy? He's dropped 20 ranks after an average scoring week. He's ranked really well. 71 to finish in the top. He wants to finish in the top 50. Got my final trade looking for some pod potential to make that leak. If Cook doesn't play, which he isn't, I'll be moving Grant in the starting lineup. He can trade to anyone. So he's getting rid of Cook. What's our thoughts, Jakey? Yeah, I'll just be doing this simple, V. Just go to the average, go to player stats, sort by averages, and just go down and list and see what, which one you don't have. So <laughs> top three, I'm thinking Murray, IPAP, or Munster. If you don't have one of those, just keep going down the list, pick your best one. If you have, if money's on an issue, that's what I'd be doing. Nice, I like it. Now, Robbo, what do we got? I'll put three players on the podium. Uh, so obviously Brody's in the top 100. So top 100 ownership is all he cares about. So gold star goes to Sean Lane, which I guess contradicts what I said about Hudson Young earlier. Six players in the top 100 have got him. 
Hudson Young is second. Only one person in the top 100 has him, and we've already spoken to him before. Tino Fa'asua Malawi. Literally no one owns him in the top 100. I'd pick one of them and have a bit of fun with it. And yeah. good luck, Brody, because that's a fantastic season. We've talked about this kind of Titans narrative. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Tino for it. And I like that 0%. I like that angle. He's a 0% owner, massive pod for that top 100. Don't see why not. And, uh, yeah, m- mentioned before as well, Talakai, mate. He's going to have an absolute fill day against the Knights. <laughs> Coming up against Gagai again. It's going to be Harper 2.0 when Harper just got hooked. We might actually see Gagai get hooked this weekend. Seeing that Gagai got an 89, <laughs> let's also just go outrageous pick. Who's going to go well, just outperform who's just shit? <laughs> All right. Phoenix Crossland. To actually have a go in the halves. He's been dying for it. You love Poor Newcastle bloke. way too much. Yeah, it's a, it's a curse, isn't it? Jeez. <laughs> Who else are we thinking? Boys, have we got anyone on our mind? What about... If Raby can not... score above 20, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Now, this guy's not shit, but there's just rumours that Jake uh, Zach Hoskins is going to play this week in the starting 13. He's at 391k, and he's been ripping out some good scores. He could be like that... Just a little smoky that no one's really thought about it. Maybe he's still a lot of owns. No, he's only 2% owned because I know a lot of people brought him in cashy-wise. But, Robbo, who have you got? Lachlan into this? Oh, I mean, I really like Calico. I reckon, you know how the NRL Fantasy post up the you know, five top scores uh, of the round? I'm pretty certain CSF Italikai will be on there somewhere, somewhere in the top five. Uh, ben Hunt, again, is another fun one. Uh, just any of those Titans players, really. You know, Tanner Boyd even punched out a 60 last week. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, I'd be looking at, um, you know, one of those plays that's low-owned but has shown that that's some form of reliability because you don't want to get a five. Nice. Now, Jimmy Gilbert, Bull Kennedy to make a miracle recovery. <laughs> TK Loops will score 99 and win in the grand final. Oh, I love it, Jimmy. This is why your question's going to get answered in a second. <laughs> Let's talk captains because I think it's pretty similar. So, Will Roberts, he said captain for the week in grand final head-to-head this week. Both of us went Hines last week. He's nervous that he's going to get rested in the second half if they're comfortably winning. James Gilbert as well. Two grand finals this week. Only three uniques I would consider captaining. A Money Munster, Dewey, and Cookie. Cookie you can raise off. Munster against Para coming off a crappy 24. Uh, Dewey going to give me 30 or 180. Boys, let's talk. Robbo, why don't you go first? Captaincy for this week. Right, so I'm going Ken Murray only because I said to everyone that I'm going to captain every round, so I've got to stay on that. And of the games I've watched him play, he scored amazingly this year. Um, I was at the game when they, we absolutely smashed Para. He got an 80-odd. He's going to do the same because I'm actually going to that game on Friday. Looking forward to heading nice. to Allianz. For Williams' side of things, I would... Look at your two head-to-heads, and if you are the favourite, like if you've got a better squad, just go Hines, because even if he gets hooked early, he's probably going to be on 55-plus anyway, and you can stomach that as a captain. For James, though, I would go Adam Dway just because he plays in the last game, and how exciting would that be, going into your two <laughs> head-to-head grand finals, not knowing who's going to win because your captain plays in the last game of the season. Yeah, I like it. Now, Paddy, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, for Will, I I just stick with Hines. I mean, similar narrative for me, like I've picked and stick with Heinz uh, for, for a long time now, like my debut on the show, I kind of called that out. Um, but like not to give the nice too much of a plug, but they're playing at home. They could actually potentially keep it closer than we think. Even if they're keeping it within six to, t- to 12 points, it means that the Sharks might fuel the heat. So there's a big potential that he doesn't get rested at all. Like they need, they need to win. 
So at the end of the day, that's what they're going to be charging for. Um, so I'd just be sticking with Hines. Yeah, take a look at the, the opposition, but I think you're pretty safe with Hines. Um, the other thing is that they could just go 40 nil at halftime and he's on 100 already. So that could also yeah. uh, happen. Uh, and yeah, and for James, uh, yeah, same for me. So Dwayne, for me, just uh, just based on those matchups, and for Dwayne, it doesn't really matter who he's playing. Like he generally goes pretty big. Like his numbers in at five eight is just ridiculous. So out of those three, I'd be sticking with him. Yeah, I think so too. I think Hines, like you said, I think he'll be scoring. I don't, I don't think they're going to pull him off. I think the Sharks, because their attack hasn't been flowing. <laughs> well, if he delivers them a yeah. premiership, maybe. Maybe they will. <laughs> but the, the offense just hasn't been going. I think they're going to stick him, just leave him on the park. So, Jackie, any other people that we're not considering uh, here? I think I'm going to stick with Hines as well. I've, I've, in, I've always been a stick and pick sort of guy, but in the past... Like, we've known with Cameron Smith was rule number one for years on end. And every time you'd take the C off him because you thought he'd get rested, he'd end up scoring, as Paddy said, he'd end up scoring 60 or 70 in the first half and everyone, he'd get go off for a rest for 30 minutes to go, but he'll still be the best scorer for the round. So I'm going to stick with Hines. I think he's the best option. Um, and yeah, for that second option, I think Dewey's just got that better matchup if it's, if you've, if it's between Dewey and uh, Munster. Beautiful. Now, Rob, I know you've been waiting for this. And it's our main man, Damo Lenahan, that is actually bringing it to us. How different do you think NRL fantasy will be next year with the extra team? Look, Damo, I've been fried today. All I had was I was going to delete that by round 13 because I just was <laughs> not going to have much. But, Robbo, you've prepared something and it looked very, very good. Why don't you just run through the key points of what you think might happen in 2023? Yep, all right. Great question, Damo. Question of the week. So... First thing we note, there's going to be lots of changes in 2023. As we know, the first one will be the 17 teams. So that means the odd number of teams has to be at least one team having a buy every single week. We also know salary caps due to go up, probably up to 10.5 million. That's the suggestion. So we've got an increase in cap, increase in teams. Uh, the NRL have announced um, in the press release when they signed the deal, I think in late 2021, that there will be three extra games on Channel 9, which indicates there's going to be one more round, so it'll be 26 instead of 25, because the press release says NRL will continue to... Oh, sorry, 9 will continue to broadcast NRL matches on Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday afternoon. So next three games, we're going to have 26 rounds. So what does that tell us? That each team will have 24 games and two buy rounds. That's what we expect to happen. And I would imagine in terms of how they split the buys up, they'll give each team one buy outside origin, so that first 10 weeks or the last seven, and then they will give them a buy during the origin period somewhere in there. And then as well, probably make sure that at least one of those buys is in the first half and one's in the second half, just to make it even for, for all the teams. So if we have two buys per team, that gives us 34 buys, which would probably mean each team would have just, you know, each round, the 24 rounds would be one buy, uh, sorry, one team having a buy, and then two rounds in origin. So not too dissimilar to say round 13, 17 this year where we'll have five teams off. So we'll actually have 11 teams playing in those two buy rounds, I would imagine, which will make it really easy to get to 17 plays if you want to use the trades to do so. I think, though, that's going to be quite challenging because obviously there's going to be at least one team not playing every single week, and most teams will have fantasy-relevant players. I think everyone besides the Dragons this year have had at least one player averaging 50 or higher. So that's really going to throw it out there. And I think 
And our fantasy has to look after the casual player because I'd say 90 to 95% of our players that play are just casual players. They play with their mates for a bit of fun. You know, they might listen to the odd podcast, maybe read the odd Loan Scout article, but, mm. you know, just pick their favorite players or pick players from their team. So they're going to have to make it, you know, a little bit easier for them. Otherwise, they'll just decide not to play next year. So you've got two levers there that they can manipulate, that being the squad size and the trades. And I think... The squad size has to change. 21 plays isn't going to work if you've got one team off every single round at minimum. You know, for example, let's just say, you know, a really good team has lots of fantasy relevant players like the Panthers play as you know, week three of the season they're not playing and you've got four Panthers plays. You know, you're going to struggle to get 17 if you've got a suspension or an injury. So yeah. I reckon they're going to move back from 21 players per squad to 25 just to give, you know, people the ability to absorb those uh, weekly buys, uh, but they're having to go out and trade to get you know a somewhat competitive team. So I I can see that happening. I can also see them giving us maybe two more trades because there's an extra round. So we'll have 34 to start with and then an extra four you know, given to us in round 20 just so we keep logging into the website and the sponsors are getting the clicks and all that. So that would give us, you know, 38 for the season. And, you know, if we go to 25 uh, players in the squad at 10.5 million, it's basically the same average value per starting player as we had this year. So it'd be, you know, slightly less, about 420 instead of, you know, 450. Uh, and, you know, there's going to open up a lot of issues in terms of how you build your squad at the start. Do you go for a lot of dual position players? You know, because if you go heavy with one team and you can shift players around, like, say, Ruben Cotter keeps his dual position, it'll be very handy next year. You know, likewise, you know, Curran, Tohu, those sort of players. You know, dual position is actually going to be a lot more important next year to save you having to make those trades when you have, say, two of your centres or two of your halves from the same team out. In terms of your trades, you want to be very careful at the start because if you blow lots of trades, I think there's going to be lots of ranks to be gained in the buy rounds because if you've got 11 teams playing, you could easily field a very strong 17 in both of those. If you waste your trades at the start of the season, you're probably going to have to cut back there. And some teams might actually score a 1,000 in the buy round because they've got 17 really, really strong players. And if it's only five teams out, surely in those 11 teams playing, there's going to be lots of good plays that you can pick up. In terms of... What else you can do? Like round one's going to be interesting because obviously one team has the buy. Do you actually go and you know, purchase any players from that team? You know, I assume the Premiers will play first week because uh, first week, they always tend to open the season yeah. at home. So let's just say the Cowboys go ahead and do it. Obviously, Reese Robson and, and the boys will be all uh, available. But you know, let's assume take Penrith win. You know, they'll be there. But you know, it could easily be like a Melbourne Storm or it could be the Dolphins. It could be the Broncos. Who knows who it could be that gets that first week off. If they've got three or four plays that are undervalued, do you actually chuck them in your team knowing that you've got them from round two onwards mm. and knowing that you know some of the lesser experienced coaches you know, might leave them out because they'll just want 25 green dots in that first round? Um, that's well, going to be the really buy, That's going to yeah, cause the variation. The buy again probably won't happen for them for a while mm. because you'll know yeah. that you can field a 17, right? Mm. So you might pick four or five players from that first buy team yeah. because of the fact that you know that you won't have to wait another trade for probably a little while longer but in terms of the teams playing i think the dolphins will open up against broncos that's what i'm thinking yeah 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 i reckon they'll probably have the broncos playing another away game at suncorp i imagine just to get the <laughs> get them underway before sending them out to dolphin stadium so but yeah you're right because if you got 25 your know, plays in your squad you know assuming they keep the pricing about the same i think most players will just go and add an extra four cashies like you'll be able to take literally every single cashie that looks somewhat decent and then stack up because this year you had to, you know, take a you know, few flyers. Like I didn't take yep. Tungo or I missed out on Nana in the first round. Whereas you've got 25 slots in your squad. You can probably pick every single cashier that's, you know, a three star out of five 
and then just get rid of the not so good ones, you know, a few weeks in. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think particularly as well with the buys being more influential with more teams available, I reckon it's going to be, you know, for worth bringing out those old-fashioned uh, buy plans. I'm sure Jake remembers from, you know, the, you know, the mid-2010s where you sort of planned it out five or six rounds, uh, you know, before all the buys as to how you were going to approach the trades. Even even on just that, uh, even buy rounding from round one, like I remember back in that, a lot of the time you'd start with guys like James Graham, Sam Burgess, uh, mm. Jesse Bromwich, all these guys who used to be guns, who'd be safe 50-point players a year that would never play Origin. You'd stuck them in your team from the start because, as, as you said, Robbo, with those size squad size increasing, and you have well, an extra four spots to invest and make money there, and you've got plenty more room to add guns. So starting with six or seven guns instead of the normal two or three players, um, that's going to be really interesting. So look, yeah, those those guns that don't play Origin are going to be really, really important. Jimmy Gilbert's got yeah, plenty yeah. to say here. He goes, 25, that's a bloody big team. I have enough trouble picking 21. <laughs> He's on yeah, fire tonight, I, I mean, another thing I thought as well is potentially they might go to 30. I hope they don't because I think that'll just make it, um, you know, most people have the same players. I think at 25, you'll have to make some choices as to whether there's a certain gun that you decide not to go with or a cashy that you don't go with. With 30, you can have all the good cashies and then just absolutely load up on the gun side of things. And keeping in mind as well, none of this is locked in. It's just looking at what the NRL have told us, that they're going to you know, have three more games on free-to-wear, means another round. You know, I could be completely wrong. We could end up with 28 rounds with every team having you know five buys, and we only have 19 players. Uh, but it seems pretty likely that this is the direction the game will head in 2023. Yeah, now, Paddy, if you have 25 players, Knights have a a buy in round one. Do you just go with the whole Knights team and get a zero? Just stock up. That's it. Just prepare for the rest of the season. Actually, I was, I was thinking that um, if they're going to increase squad size, another thing they might do is change the trade mechanic and tweak that where they might allow you to trade. So you know how we're locked for this year, for example, up until um, the first buy round at two a week? They might say, yep, two a week, but if a player or you're allowed one extra trade from a team that doesn't have that has the buy that week. And I don't know if it's too complicated or not, but I'm just trying to think of like you've got to be fluid because you're constantly going to have players out every single week. So depending on who it is and if the squad size yeah, I I was thinking about thirty, but that's like that is a very big squad to try and manage. That's huge. That's yeah. like, I think it's gonna be twenty five. Twenty five max, bright boys. I think twenty five will be the max yeah. number. Yeah, max, yeah. yeah. I think so. makes it makes it easy because I think the real NRL squads are they thirty twenty yeah thirty, yeah, 30 but is 30. it like twenty five that get paid like decent money and the the last five are on oh, yeah. five are on development. But yeah, I think yeah. it's outside of the top yeah. thirty still. So I still yeah. think it's the okay. I guess the, the other beauty this year is leading into next year, we actually did have a reserve grade in a twenties comp. Like the last two yep. years, we've had none. So it it was a lot harder for them to debut mm-hmm. players and bring them through because they literally hadn't played any footy. So I think next year we will see Australian schoolboys are back at it. So I think we'll see a lot more younger players come into grade. There's a lot of, especially the last, the bottom four clubs, when you think the Warriors, Titans, the Tigers and the Bulldogs, four struggling rosters. I think we're going to see some flush of talent coming through those teams. And then when you think the Knights, I didn't even mention in that bottom four, them again, they've issued out a couple of rookies at the end of the season that are quite good players. So I think we'll see a bit more turnover for sure. Yeah, and with that extra team just means extra depth, right? Like there's a whole extra 17 players that some of them we don't necessarily know too much and obviously we're going to be doing a lot in the preseason, but there's probably going to be some gems in that Dolphins 17 and the the backfill of players that Mm. they've also poached from. So I think like, you know, when the Dolphins first announced, 
it was all those Storm players and we're thinking straight away, oh, well, is you know Jack Howarth going to go into the back row at Melbourne? He's going to be a potential gun. Like With all of this change, there's so much opportunity. I actually think that the extra team, even though buy rounds is a bit annoying, just the fact that there's a whole extra 17, whether or not you know a lot of people think there might not be enough talent to go around, but there is a lot of talented players. So it's actually going to be exciting to see who turns up next year where they wouldn't have had the opportunity this year because there just wasn't a spot for them. Yeah, absolutely. At the Dolphins, you've got guys like, you know, Jesse Bromwich plays, plays 50 minutes at the Storm. He might have to play 65 minutes at the Dolphins. Someone like Marky Nichols plays 30 minutes at the, the Rabbitohs. He might play 50 minutes at the Dolphins. Like a lot of food for thought in terms yeah. of the different players going up there and their different roles. And who knows, they might just jag someone out of the blue, one of the superstars. Who knows? 100%. Plenty to talk about. But Robbo, a few raps for you. One of my man, Maxie Brown. He hasn't seen you before. First time hearing Robbo's content. Jeez, he knows his fantasy. That's a nice little rap to finish the year. I mean, I've been playing for more than half my life, so I'd like to think I know a thing or two about it by now. You've been playing for 25 years. <laughs> I'm not even 30. I, I, unlike you, I'm actually below the age of 30. So. <laughs> and above six foot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, only just. I mean, I'm above. I'm above four foot, so I got you covered there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm fighting Hasbulla this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the final show. Big shout out to everyone in the audience, whether you're listening on Facebook or you've listened on the audio all year. Really appreciate your support, all the reviews. Just you know, just bantering with the boys, just being part of the community. That's what we love. That's when we had we're tied on Tuesday. That's what pulls us in. The fact that the you know we want to interact with you guys and bring you some fresh content it's one of those things that you know i've known robo for a couple of years but me and jakey only met this year and a big shout out to all the talking league boys because i think we've done it bigger and better this year i think we went from just myself corbs and andy with timmy and ed and then kyle but to bring in the three of you you know jakey robo pat you know riley jay warrior now louie We've got a really talented team, so I'm pretty proud of what everyone brings to the table. And I know with the plans that we've got for you guys for next year, just wait because the content is going to be coming. We might have to quit our jobs. It's uh, how much content we want to do. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. But just going around the table, Paddy, you've been a great addition to the Tuesday squad, man. Oh, thank thank you, you, brother. What a ride. And look forward to doing more content with you. I think we're pairing up on the off-season as well, which should be great. Jakey, you know, you've... You know, you came in, you want to do all the dirty work, which I really appreciate. You, you know, you, I really want you to take over that Thursday show moving forward. I know you're a superstar in this fantasy land, man. So, well done to you. And, yeah, bigger and better things again for next year, Jakey. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It's been really good fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been awesome to come on, answer some questions. So, I really can do that again next year. Thanks a lot for that, boys. And, Robbo, last but not least, you had a, a fantastic dimension to that Wednesday show. You know, you brought the IQ of both Andy and our man Cole up <laughs> dramatically. But you guys just have this natural chemistry for three people that, well, you and Andy have met in person, but you've never met Cole in person. But you've got that natural chemistry, and I really think that Wednesday show is going to go from strength to strength. But well done for coming into the team mid-year. It's great mid-year signing, mate, and look forward to seeing what you produce in 2023. Yeah, it should be fun. The Wednesday show has been an absolute blast. It was good to meet Andy, and unfortunately, Perth was hiding when I uh, – sorry, Kyle was hiding when I was in Perth for a week. So, uh, no, it'll be um, really good to uh, get back into it in 2023. It's going to be um, you know, very interesting, and, um, yeah, it's been good fun being part of the team. And to everyone out there in the community, look, you know, 
we appreciate your interactions and encourage people to get amongst it even further. Look, if you want to start writing or start your own pod, doesn't have to be with us, could be with anyone. Um, you know, the more content that's out there, the, the better the community gets. So, um, yeah, well done to everyone. But, uh, you know, well done to yourself, TK, for a fantastic year. Definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you all have a solid last round. I'll put a post up on Sunday night with all our finishing ranks. Hopefully, my 380 doesn't become 848 or something. We'll see how it lies. If you're a Catholic person or any religion that you've got, pray for me. And let me know how I can pray to fantasy God because I need his help. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is us signing out. Like I said, Sunday, jump on the Facebook. We'll have a little post. Everyone just share your ranks and share a bit of a laugh at my team. But until then, everyone, stay safe. Have a great week. And uh, we won't check you again this year, but interact with us. Send us a DM if you're a little bit lonely or like, or anything, need to have a chat, whatever it is. We love you. So just stay safe, stay positive, and we're going to have a monster round. Catch you, people.